that third goal to win the away leg 3-2 was I just couldn't I couldn't breathe I genuinely was hyperventilating and having to hide it and I was worried that then it wasn't being entertaining for people because I genuinely couldn't speak because I think I am I am a nerd I am a dork I am clumsy I am just chaotic and for some reason I just felt like I could show that in the football manager community and like I said having such amazing friends so quickly within the community be supportive of that and go that just makes you a normal person here I don't know what you're but it's been a lot of fun and I am massively addicted I've gone from being a variety streamer to just a football manager streamer now to be honest I I don't really play anything else on the stream other than football manager because I enjoy it so much yeah definitely like I I've had people in the nice way tell me that like you need to value yourself more that's something that I do badly quite a lot um and obviously the success over the last month two months has been like mind-blowing to me and people are like okay well you should consider that like an actual achievement um hi guys and welcome back to episode 47 Unbelievable Streams podcast. As you can see, we got a Morris again. So, Morris, you are editing this. Just put the cheers in now again. You did it last time, so so we have we have the beautiful Bragster. He's back. I'm back. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's been a while, so it's it's nice to be back. Yeah, you didn't have a too bad of a result this uh this weekend, did you? Against City. Uh, no. Absolutely no. robbed them. Just saying. Oh yeah, we absolutely did. We absolutely <laughs> robbed them, and I loved every second of it. Yes. Um, not the first half. We ignore the first half actually happened. That'd be nice, but you got lucky to be going in at two one. To be fair, we got lucky to not have conceded about five. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good result for you, really. I think you'd have taken that before the game. Um, not be. Oh, would I? Uh, my mentality was don't lose. Exactly. So we didn't lose. Yeah. So title race is still on. Uh, we're gonna yeah. lose it, but the title race is still on. Okay, and we're we're not in the relegation battle anymore. Almost, almost. Yeah. Leeds managed to get a Come on. cheeky little win. I'm so happy. Don't like it when that happens. Unbeaten in four now. <laughs> Don't think I've ever been this happy at soccer. And I won't call it that because Stop he doesn't it. actually call it soccer. <laughs> but you know. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, obviously we had a week off last week, but. Mad Scientist was the last guest. So Yes, he was. Shout out Mad Scientist because he is an absolute legend. He's so so interesting. The uh the database that he's created and everything. So want to give him another shout out. And uh you'll see Mulch's match day later where he uh, we give him another chance and see where he came in the in the table. But Bragstar, I'm gonna hand it over to you to uh introduce our guest this week. I try my best to not look this up because this guest seems to have collated so many accolades in the past couple of weeks that it's it's hard to keep track of them all. But I'm going to try my best. So she was the first female competitor on the FM Streamer Showdown. She is the current FM Streamer Showdown champion. She is the first female to win the FM Streamer Showdown. And not only that, she's the first female to win on her debut in the <laughs> FM Streamer Showdown. It's the one, the only, Holly Plays. Welcome. How are you? Thank you. That is quite the intro. It still blows my mind about all those aspects. And I definitely still haven't calmed down for, from that whole weekend. I've literally <laughs> only just finished clearing the confetti out of my room. But um, other than that, I am I am good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate, no, thank you for yeah, on. appreciate you coming on. It's 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 an honor to be in the presence of a champion. I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. you haven't brought the crown yet, you know. <laughs> I feel like that would have been too in line with Kev and kind of his stream down persona. So I, I've stayed away from any form of crown, but I'm considering something. I don't know what it will be, but um I feel like I probably need to win more than one before I can start getting fancy things like crowns. So we'll have to wait and see. Paluja at her finest, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I, you know, it would be nice to just still be Holly plays, comes in, wins a showdown on the first time, um, and with little to no football manager experience. But 
the Halujo narrative is pretty funny, so I can't I can't deny the fans of it. <laughs> so obviously, you just mentioned that they told her no football manage, uh, knowledge. Um, a question that we ask all our guests. We we actually do know this answer, but for anyone listening or viewers, uh, what was your first football management management game? So it's it's the save that I'm currently still streaming. I started playing Football Manager in November for work. I was asked to write a piece on playing Football Manager for the first time ever. I've never touched any rendition because I work in football and but love video games. I wanted to keep football and video games separate. So I I always avoided it like the plague and then got asked about it for work. So was, I finally caved in and I became addicted. I started my save as Aston Villa because I thought... I want to put all my effort into focusing on the game and learning the game and not what players I have in my team and how to utilize them. So I went with Aston Villa, the team I support, because that felt comfortable. Um, I quickly found out that that probably wasn't the best idea to do a, a team in the Premier League and a team that demands to finish so high in the Premier League on my first time. Um, so I'm now managing Hull. But it's been a lot of fun and I am massively addicted. I, I've gone from being a variety streamer to as just a football manager streamer now, to be honest. I, I don't really play anything else on the stream other than football manager because I enjoy it so much. Yeah, that's it's crazy. Can I, can I, can I sort out my camera? Yes, I was just what about to say. <laughs> what happened there? I've never had my camera do that ever live and it's just done it for the first time. It usually does it off when it's not live but i've never seen that happen before that was that was weird it just, i usually make a joke out of that when that happens but it had to just, happen like halfway through yeah, it's just never <laughs> it's never a bragster uh, podcast I, without, I what without tech is. issues my, my camera <laughs> just decides not to work sometimes and then decides to work about once in a blue moon um like joys of not having the money to get the proper tech yet there we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll just. Morris, you can leave that in. By the way, it never happened. You could leave it. Leave it in. Never happened. Leave it in. It's all one take. Leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll obviously moving back to that. It's just crazy how your first game is this game, and then you go and win the the streamer showdown. It's it's crazy. Obviously, you mentioned your hull save. Uh, how is that currently going? um currently so after i joined hull in february managed to keep them up in the championship they were in the relegation zone when i joined then in our first full season together we got 102 points i believe obviously top the table and made it into the premier league and i'm not gonna lie the financial struggles of hull city has has hit me catastrophically because the transfer window wasn't great our team is very mixed and matched and it's just like a pick a mix box because it's just random players all thrown together into one team and I've changed formation now I'm using the kind of the setup that I use on the showdown and results have started to get better but we're we're two points I think from safety with six to eight games left of the season so it's going to come down to the wire but I think that is what is making it so exciting at the moment and a real like kind of test of how much have I learned over the last four or five months of football manager and how can I learn to to fix the save if that makes sense and and kind of try and stay up um i'm not really sure what i'll do if if we get relegated if i'll i'll carry it on or start a new save so i need to have a think because obviously the season's already coming to a close and i i've only had one save and i feel like i should kind of maybe expand out so i'll have to see yeah yeah maybe maybe a 92 93 database so something yes a bit i've different. heard good things i've heard good things yeah uh we uh we played the a few of the the mad scientist databases and they are unbelievable. And after speaking to him as well, he takes like a year to do them, six months to do them. It's crazy, but maybe an idea for another another save. If hopefully you stay up, that's the uh that's the aim. Stay I hope in it. so. Staying I up. might cry. <laughs> I might cry if we don't. So there's <laughs> too much time invested to not stay up. Oh no, you get attached to teams as well. I mean, yeah, I I've got. I save with Harrogate Railway down in tier ten, and uh, really attached now. I can't stop that one now. Got to yeah, keep that. I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with Hull. Secret Hull fan now. <laughs> yeah, that's. It, it seems to be a, a recurring thing for people we have on here. You have like you get like soft spots for these these weird and wonderful teams. We've had people get signed shirts from teams and yeah. things like that. But um, no, unbelievable game is Football Manager for things like that. 
Um, moving back to content creation, um, we do ask everyone this as well. Why did you originally start content creation on Twitch? Because obviously we started this podcast on Twitch um, and then moved over to YouTube, which we're doing now. Um, but why did you start and when? Um, so for a lot of people in the football manager pro community probably don't know this. I, I started streaming in November, uh, October, November, 20, uh, 2020, I, um, had moved to London for my, for my current job. And obviously like there was still quite a few lockdown restrictions and I was like, what do I do in my spare time that doesn't feel like I'm just wasting my time? And I'd always been really interested in streaming, have spent years watching YouTube and Twitch and other people play games. And now that I was back in the UK and could buy my own PC finally, I thought, why not give streaming a go as like a hobby? Um, genuinely had no expectations for it. I think that that shows because even after a year of streaming and I had, I think, an average of um, like 15 viewers, I was still streaming because I just enjoyed it. It was really good fun and it was a really good way to kind of keep little memories of me playing video games with friends as well. I was streaming mostly Rocket League and, and setting up tournaments on weekends and Valorant and a few other, other games as well, like Phasmophobia. And like I said, then kind of work came along and were like, hey, try out Football Manager for us. Decided to then start streaming it as well. And then obviously it's just kind of been a whirlwind since then. And like I'm continuously blown away by the Football Manager community and their support and how lovely everyone is. Um, and I still see it as a hobby. Like I have a full-time job. I work 40 hours a week for that job, you know, and I try and still have a little bit of a social life and go to the gym and, and do all of the kinds of things. And I, to me, it is just still a hobby. I, I mean, I'm having to do a lot more admin for it, but it's still just something that I love to do in my free time and, and will hopefully continue to get to do. Yeah, was, was it a risk, do you think, to go from obviously being a variety streamer and building like a community all within that to suddenly going over to Football Manager, which you've never delved in before? Yeah, definitely. Um, I appreciated the community I had over the year of prior to playing Football Manager, but I realized that the, the main thing for me when you stream is stream what you enjoy and what makes you happy and what makes you want to keep streaming. And as soon as I started streaming Football Manager, like even my numbers at the start of Football Manager were not were not great. They're not, they were nowhere near the extent that they are now. And I just enjoyed streaming Football Manager and playing Football Manager on stream. And I was like, that's what I'm going to stream. And to begin with, it was still Football Manager and then a couple of other games. But now it is just Football Manager because that's the only game I enjoy to stream. The others I, I prefer to play off camera with friends, kind of late nights or, or early mornings, depending on, on what my work schedule is like. So it was kind of just finding what worked for me and what felt right for me. And that was just Football Manager. And look, I'm lucky enough that some of those in the community from a year ago are still in the community now. Yeah, you mentioned, obviously, your work. Obviously, you work as a, a journalist. And yeah. a lot of that is, like, as much as it is on diary and you're working, like, a certain time, a lot of it is off diary as well. Like, how hard is it to juggle between your journalism career and, obviously, your streaming career? Yeah, it, it can be a little bit difficult. I'm fortunate to work at an amazing company, The Athletic, for those who may have heard of it. Um, and my role within news, fortunately, compared to previous jobs I've had, is a little bit more scheduled and a little bit more set. Um, it does vary at times because I, I like to try and write the Football Manager pieces and, and help in various podcasts, such as the Aston Villa podcast and the Football Manager podcast, which I kind of tend to do outside of my news hours. But it can still be quite tricky because you know news doesn't stop in football and journalism never stops it's it's a talk it's a clock that is 24 7 quite literally and and never stops so you kind of always have to be alert and on the ball and again like I said I'm fortunate to be in such a company that uh, like wants you to still have your free time so like they've been very supportive of me me streaming and being public about my streaming on on Twitter and, and things like that so it's definitely still a, a, a work in progress even after I, I, I mean, yeah, 18 months now, because um, kind of still finding that balance because I just still want to make sure I have my hobby and the things I enjoy. So it's it's finding that balance, but it's been good. Obviously, you've got like you mentioned, obviously, there's, you seem to have a very good support base uh, by the sounds of it from both like obviously your work, but your friends as well. Like, do, do, do you feel like that has helped you to obviously 
carry on doing this and doing what you love yeah massively the the group of us in the news team are are really close i consider them good friends and we always have a laugh when we're at work and then also obviously know when to be serious and and focus at what's what the task at hand essentially and i definitely don't think i would have been as calm and composed kind of during the growth of my twitch channel if i didn't have work the space jack or dr benji as friends to help be supportive and be so welcoming they added me to the the discord server um so it was, i got to meet a lot of new people nine of us met on the weekend quite frank quite funny enough like the timing of this podcast and now talking about it we all met on sunday and it was the first time even some of them who had known each other for like six years i think that was their first time meeting in person so to be added to that group and now be such good friends with them and I just feel very lucky and to have such a good support network especially being a female is kind of the minority in both the twitch world and the journalism world you can sometimes feel a little bit isolated but I've never felt that with the athletic or or with the football manager community so very very lucky yeah yeah that that, oh carry on much (laughs) I was just gonna say the football manager community has been unbelievable even for I mean we're small a very small podcast but just even yourself we've had second yellow card fox in the box we've had so many names that i would never have thought i'd ever speak to sort of thing and everyone's just so nice and so just welcoming and always up to to help everyone out yeah definitely like i i've had people in the nice way tell me that like you need to value yourself more. That's something that I I do badly quite a lot. Um, and obviously the success over the last month, two months has been like mind blowing to me and people are like, okay, well you should consider that like an actual achievement. Um, so I always feel really bad if I don't notice people's Twitter DMs or messages on Twitter or Discord. So I, I'm constantly trying to reply to people as best as I can, but things are so busy all the time that like, I feel like I'm coming, I, I get, that's the only thing I get scared about now that kind of my, um, my persona, I guess is growing. I don't know what the right word is. I, my brain just completely had a malfunction for a second. My kind of public image is growing and I want to make sure I'm, you know, not coming across like I'm big headed and ignoring people. So it's, uh, the community's great and that's why I want to give back to it as much as possible. So it's kind of trying to find that balance in and around a busy schedule. So it's really nice to get to chat to you guys and and do this podcast because it's like one of the first ones I've done from the community. So it's just been nice to finding interact more with people. Yeah, that, that that's just something I think like everyone always says is when they when they're growing like you you hear it constantly. It's just like I I'm I'm scared like because you yeah you build up this entire thing of you know I'll always be chatting to people I'll always be there for every like every single viewer that comes on our yep. chats and this that, and the other but obviously it always gets to a point where like that that becomes almost hard to maintain um yep. like do, do you feel like you're getting to that point or do you think you're already there like where it's just becoming almost like a like you're gonna have to show like your care in other ways rather than like the constant messaging etc yeah um i mean it's really difficult because Obviously, I'm not saying that this is the case for me, but, you know, people, you don't know necessarily who you're you're replying to on social media and you don't want to give people the wrong impression or anything like that. So that's something that I'm very conscious of. Um, But ultimately, my growth has been kind of insane and I'm still trying to come to grips with that. I'm the start of December. So four months ago, I hit 500 followers on Twitch Um, and I'm now almost at 6,000 like that how how is that possible i have no idea i don't know why but it is that's kind of the reality and i'm very appreciative of that and very humbled by it um so i am still coming to grips with the people messaging and like the sh- the night of the showdown winning the showdown was insane with the messages and like i had just said on on twitch multiple times during that after that for like a week of just thank you for all the lovely messages i'm sorry i can't reply to everyone i, re- I really do appreciate it because there were just so many lovely people with like saying well done and and were really supportive and it's just so hard and it's also really tiring to go through all those messages and get to meet so many people so um i've been trying to do it through my streaming and through my discord as much as possible um but it, it's difficult 
Yeah, it it really is, and I think one way I think you have connected with people, I think, is, and like I know it's quite cringy to hear about yourself, <laughs> but I think one way you've like seem to have connected with a lot of people is like your energy, your your, your kindness and your energy. I think just go hand in hand. Like you just seem like a very just a lovely person, which is obviously. I mean, the people that you've made connections with within the community, it's obvious that you're a nice person. I think your energy as well, like all the stuff from the show, obviously in your streams anyway, but all your stuff from the showdowns, like every, all like the bad to the, like getting Dana involved and stuff, obviously for those that don't know your housemate, like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's just everything that just goes on. It's just chaos, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. And I I mean, when I stream regularly, obviously the stuff for the showdown was obviously a bit more extravagant than what my normal streams are like. I mean, I would be endlessly cleaning confetti if I did party poppers every stream. So that's not an option. But um, I just, I always knew that I wanted my streams were a pl I wanted them to be a place where I felt comfortable and could be myself and other people could could do the same and feel comfortable while watching and that could be them saying what's on their mind having a chat with someone else in chat or just sat watching and lurking and not having to speak at all like as any any capacity is is more than acceptable and um I never really felt truly comfortable while streaming until I started streaming football manager because I am I am a nerd, I am a dork, I am clumsy, I am just chaotic. And for some reason, I just felt like I could show that in the Football Manager community. And like I said, having such amazing friends so quickly within the community, be supportive of that and go, that just makes you a normal person here. I don't know what you're on about, was, was kind of really reassuring. And I feel like I showed that more and to more people. Obviously, there was, I think, like eight and a half thousand people watching the final, which is insane figures and I'm just glad that people you know didn't find that annoying because I think a lot of people when they stream they're worried that they're coming across as annoying or over flamboyant or a bunch of other things that aren't the case but you worry about that sometimes and so I'm glad that people just found it entertaining because ultimately for me when you're streaming and you're a streamer you want to be entertaining and I'm glad that I kind of I did tick that box with the with the showdown even if I had lost so I was pretty happy with it. No, it's uh, obviously the showdown. Touching on it again, what was uh, so what was actually your aim, if you don't mind uh, me asking, what did you actually aim for? If you people won't believe me, this is the thing. I genuinely just didn't want to be in the elimination game. That was the aim. I just didn't Fair want to enough. be bottom two, and I was happy after that. Didn't care if I got knocked out in the first game, whatever. I just didn't want to be in the bottom two, and if I was going to be in the bottom two. I wanted to be against Jack so I could knock him <laughs> out and that was it. That's the only thing I had and that I didn't care. I genuinely didn't care. I just wanted to not be the worst because I kind of got in my own head a little bit, if I'm honest, and was like, don't be the first female on it and then come last. Don't add kind of potential ammunition to any idiots that watch the showdown or watch Football Manager. So that was kind of, that kind of motivated me. But ultimately I had no idea how it was going to go. I had never played in a competitive draft before. I'm not kidding. Wow. I think so. The I think obviously the Saturday was was the was oh no obviously the Wednesday was the draft and I think I did a practice draft at like midnight on the Tuesday. <laughs> that was my first time. It was like on the Monday or the Tuesday. I did a practice with Ben and a couple of my friends and they were like, okay, so this is how you do the draft. This is what it looks like, and and this is when it's your turn you pick, but it won't tell you when it's your turn. So you've got to keep an eye on that. And like so, we just did that. And I was, I was stressed and it got me more stressed for Wednesday <laughs> yeah. and I was super stressed, managed to do my prep, kind of had a little assistant manager help me with some of that prep as well, because I was still so inexperienced. Um, so we kind of just came up with a list together of players to go for. And I think we must have got like 90% of like the top picks we wanted. We got, we got really, really lucky with it. Um, so after that, I felt at ease. And then it was just obviously the matter of of playing the games. And if if the games hadn't gone so well at the start as what they had, like I think I won the first three games all in a row or something like that, I'd have panicked. I'd have, I'd have gone, I had a plan A, I had a plan B, and then I had a plan panic. And if I'd have got to plan panic after three games, I was I was going to start getting the alcohol <laughs> out, out of panic. So I'm just glad it went so well at the start and was just happy to come second in the league, like off, off a debut thrilled yeah. with that and rdf is amazing I've, I've seen his stuff and he is he knows like it sounds silly but he knows how to play that game whereas i feel like i still have no clue so like to come second to him only lose to him i was yeah. like proud of that and happy with that 
So um, to then, you know, beat... I, in the nicest way to Diz, after having beat him in the league, I was kind of like, okay, surely I can beat him again in the knockouts. And then the same yeah. for Stinger. And I'll, I'll be honest and agree with, with people. I got lucky. Like the XG was all in Stinger's favour. And he, Tammy Abraham couldn't score. It was like he'd never seen a goal before in his <laughs> life. We got very lucky. Um, and then to beat Z, like the best of the best, one of the best. Ugh, I don't, I don't, still don't have words for it. And he was so great. That whole final, it was so fun to get to chat to him again and play against him. And it was, it was so challenging and so draining. Like I, I couldn't fall asleep on that Sunday night because of all the adrenaline. But Monday night, oh, <laughs> I just had nothing left in me by then. So it was the whole thing was just unbelievable. So it's it's just a. Like a, a fairy tale story of a debut, first competitive draft as well. That's even that adds yeah. to it even more, and then to go and uh, go and win it. I mean, you said you were lucky, but at the end of the day, you you make your own luck. And yeah. If you if you're winning games, you get the momentum, and uh, in drafts, momentum is uh is the big thing. So yeah. But congratulations for that. And thank you. It was a, a huge huge win. And, uh, yeah, hopefully. it felt it felt big. <laughs> trust me, <laughs> it felt huge. So yeah, again, very privileged to have been a part of it and keep. And we kept it under under wraps for like two months. So I don't know how we didn't let that slip because I was so excited about it all. So yeah, big thanks to to Ben and that whole showdown crew, Matt Nerdphonic. The 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 stuff they do for that show blows my mind. They are unbelievable when it comes yeah. to creating ideas and the production and uh, it. Yeah. I don't think people really realize how much goes on. And then since joining it and seeing the behind the scenes stuff, I mean, like I, I couldn't be a part of it, like behind the, the behind the scenes stuff, it's so full on and they do an amazing job of it. Yeah. yeah it, it's absolutely crazy. Like how good the standards are. Like it, I remember when, when they first announced and the, like the standards, are like the, the first one was great. Like do not get me wrong. The first one they ever did, but it's just like the standards it's at now. It's just, yeah. it's so professionally done. It's just, I, I, th- I think that's like incredible. And I think you co- always seem to mention, I saw you mention a lot of the time in your interviews on the Streamer Showdown channel sort of thing. You constantly mention Ben and you, you, in like, it seems like he was a massive, like someone massive that helped you, guide you along the way and like almost relax you and let you be you the entire time. Is that the case? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, Ben is kind of the the brains behind all of the operations. It's 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 his passion project. It's his baby, and uh, the way he runs everything and welcomes new people in and and gives you all the information you need. Like he was very reassuring that if anything bad was said, not that anyone thought there would be, but if anything bad was would be would be said, it would be dealt with and dealt with in the correct manner in the right manner. And and that was really reassuring. Because like I said, I think my previous experiences being a female in the journalism industry when I first started weren't the best at times and were quite negative. And I think that that kind of mindset automatically came across to Twitch. And so Ben was just really reassuring with that and a really great support. And ultimately he's just become a great friend of mine. Um, like me and him chat nearly every day and it's just great to kind of have a friend in that situation and Jack as well, like being, welcomed into a new aspect in the, into a more public aspect of, of the streamer showdown obviously that was you know the most viewers I ever had watching me in anything so that was that can obviously be quite daunting but they just help make everyone feel so at ease and you know RDF said the same Stinger joining it um in season two for the first time as well like I don't think anyone has said anything bad about it from a from a participant point of view because they just know exactly how to handle everything yeah yeah they they really do like every every issue that's ever come up like whether that's required a statement or just like a quick changeover i think one yeah. prime example is that final right like yeah i don't think i, I mean i nearly what... cried like i was on the verge of tears <laughs> because i was so scared that i'd broke the game that like something bad was going to happen i could hear all these little twitch voices going oh just she should just forfeit oh she should just automatically lose like this is an outrage and obviously when the game crashed i didn't see my goal that equalized so thought what on earth do we do here and i thought does zealand get like an automatic three 0 win like i just don't get how this works 
And Ben just straight away jumped in the call with Zealand and I and was like, this is what we're going to do because you scored. It's level, so we're going to restart it. And I obviously, I offered, for those that don't know, I offered to not play Gomez because he'd been sent off in that initial game. Um, I think kind of if you think about it, I can understand why people were frustrated that then Gomez was still allowed to play. However, Zealand agreed that that was fine. We then both agreed to do the exact same start in 11s and almost pretend that we didn't gather any information from that first 75 minutes, I think it was. Um, obviously, like as soon as it kicks off, do whatever you want to. But we both agreed to to start the exact same way. And also, like Zealand scored his, his goal when I still had 11 men on the pitch. It wasn't like going down to 10 really then gave him that advantage. Yeah. And I, I scored with 10 men as well, which is harder to do. So I feel like it kind of all somehow worked out quite well and quite fortunate. I, I think if I hadn't equalised when the game crashed, it could have been a very different and a more difficult decision. But Ben and Matt and everyone was so professional. And yeah, Ben multiple times was like messaging me and and was like it's not your fault stop saying it's your fault stop apologizing like so reassuring and Zealand was the same like Zealand was unbelievable I, I've messaged him afterwards and just said like thank you for being so like calm because if he wasn't that calm I'd have had like a mental breakdown on stream because so, obviously so many people were watching I was scared that I'd broken everything um but it it became less stressful very quickly and yeah I mean that that third goal to win the away leg 3-2 was, I just couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I genuinely was hyperventilating and having to hide it. And I was worried that then it wasn't being entertaining for people because I genuinely couldn't speak. But I think some reason, for some reason that was more entertaining for, for all the people watching. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely was. Like from, from a viewer's perspective, just like, because you very much wear your heart on your sleeve, right? And yeah. it was there for everyone to see. You were like worried. You were like shaking. You didn't know what to do. I was, and that is yeah. The exact like I think watching as a viewer, it's like it's weird to say because like obviously you you are like you you're a name in the community now, but it's like everyone's like yeah, I've been there before. Like everyone like <laughs> was sitting there going, I have been in this scenario where I haven't got a clue how this second leg's gonna go, and yeah. I, I'm on the verge of tears. And yeah. it just made that 10 times more ent entertaining. And I think, like, it was, I think that's one of, like, the best parts of, like, your content is, like, how relatable it all is. Like, your reactions are genuine. There is nothing <laughs> hiding yeah. anything. Yeah. Like, you just pull it all out there for everyone to see. Yeah, and I think I do that with my whole save as well. I try to not swear much. However, if one player does something really stupid or we don't score a really easy goal, you know, there is the odd F word that comes out because I'm very angry at people. And I think that is relatable because when you're at home playing football manager, most likely like by yourself, when you've got a little bit of free time, that would be your reaction when you're playing. So like I, I try to calm them down in terms of like, bad language but sometimes it just has to you have to just get it off your chest <laughs> yep. otherwise football manager will drive you insane so I think people appreciate that I don't try to be overly like sensitive um or sensitize myself um but ultimately I just can't not like like I said I'm too invested in football manager I hate it it's taken over my <laughs> life in the best way possible but like I just can't not put my heart on my sleeve with it I think we can all relate to the the football manager taking over your life. I think uh, I can relate to that. Um, putting too many hours into the game. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, move swiftly on to a little bit of some uh, real football now. Um, we have a section called Team Talk where we literally just go, go on, you go have a rant, have whatever oh, no. about your football team. Say whatever you want about your team. Um, obviously, your team is uh, Aston Villa, as you mentioned earlier. Um, how how's it going? Don't well, ask. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it's probably this rambles. This rant's probably could have come at a good time. If people don't know, Villa in their most recent game was at home to at Villa Park and lost four 0 to Tottenham Hotspur. And Son scored the first goal after three minutes. Ouch. And I was watching the the game uh with my housemate and i was like 10 minutes that's all i ask for go 10 minutes without conceding a goal <laughs> three minutes son's or son's <laughs> shot hits off the post and goes in 
and the amount of swear words that left my mouth i you know i don't want this podcast to become you know demonetized so i will not say them but oh i was so angry so so angry and i i've kind of lost my brummy accent a little bit since living over in various different countries since uh like going to university but when villa start losing and i start yelling oh i it's it's back in all of its glory and um we just a lot of people who might have seen the highlights were like, how did you lose this 4-0? And it's a good question because I don't even think Villa fans still know how because after we went 1-0 down, we played the better football. We had multiple chances. I think after the first half, we had like seven shots on target, but Danny Ings just didn't know where the goal was. Um, it was like watching Miners Stinger's semi-final when Tammy Abraham just couldn't score. That was what it was, but with Danny Ings and in real life and, and me on the verge of tears. So um, it was very, very frustrating. And then obviously the second half, I just it was like we used all of our energy. We just disappeared. Um, and Tottenham just knew how to exploit us, which was really fast, aggressive, long balls. Um, we kind of started playing a little bit of a high line to obviously kind of try to keep the ball in the kind of half, I guess. I'm assuming is what the game plan was. And it didn't work because they have Harry Kane who like has a radar for where Son is and um, Son Heung-min is unbelievably fast and untrackable. So once he's gone onto a through ball and he's onside, he's going to get there. And Ezri Konza and Tyro Mings are not the fastest. No offense to them both. And it worked perfectly for Spurs. Their game plan was, was executed perfectly. So frustrating football. Um, hopefully uh, Luca Dina isn't injured um, Gerard said after the game, there's the potential he could be out for the, for the rest of the season. Obviously, that makes it sound like ages, but there's not long that not long left. But Ash, Ashley Young, yes, he's a Serie A winner from last season, but he's not he's not Dina. He's he's not got the same kind of energy and attacking mindset in terms of crosses and knowing when to go up and when to stay back. Um, I mean, he came on and got a booking after like two minutes because he hacked someone's legs off. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> I thought he was going to get a red card. So um, he's not in my good books at the moment. Um, and neither's Danny Ings and neither's half a team, to be honest. The only person I like at the moment is Matty Cash and, and Jacob Ramsey. So I'm hoping with, I think we have Leicester on the weekend uh if we win i think we go above them so it's quite an important game in terms of wanting to try and finish as high as possible but it's really difficult because villa are now one of those teams where they've got nothing left to play for for this season so it's like you just want it to be i just want it to be over with i want the season done i want the summer to come in gerard can make the signings that he wants to and then we push on because next season is the big season for aston villa they want european football and gerard will want the same because he needs to prove himself and he's not really done that yet so yeah. it's it's going to be like boiling point at Aston Villa Football Club next season. So it'll be stressful, but also exciting to watch. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And like, where do you like, obviously this season, we kind of know roughly where Villa are going to end up. So yeah. next season, look into next season, where can you like, where do you want to see yourself and where do you think you'll end up? Because they always end up with different answers. Yeah. Yeah. Um. If Gerard makes the signings that he wants, so like a defensive midfielder, Coutinho, I'd say still needs to prove himself, but I think it's still on the cards. Um, potentially, I guess another left back cover has kind of become more evident with with Dina's injury. Um, the striker situation is difficult, but I think if he's able to get those kind of signings at a minimum, um, I think my heart would say sixth or seventh. Like go big with it and go sixth or seventh. My head, however, would say uh, ninth. I I just think, yeah, which is is what Villa want to be. But ultimately, like I said, Villa Villa want European football, which is which is eighth. Um, And then it kind of obviously depends on who wins other cups as well. But um, sixth or seventh obviously guarantees European football. So it's it's going to be really tricky, and you know. West Ham are flying, um, Wolves are flying. So I think, you know, at the moment and kind of going into the summer, you could easily name seven or eight teams that are better than Aston Villa. So you've got to be up with those seven or eight teams and, and be pushing those. So it, it it will be really difficult. Seventh and eighth, sixth, seventh, eighth is not easy now at all. Whereas before you kind of, you know, like Leicester after they won the league, they were able to kind of hover around that that area for quite some time because there wasn't as much competition is what it felt like in my opinion. Whereas now, like I said, you've got Wolves and, and various other teams and Tottenham or Arsenal, are, you know, are back contending with the top four. So 
it's next season will be, I think, one of the most exciting Premier League seasons. Yeah, I think it'll be uh, be quite good. Is there um so for you, is there any signings that you would make uh, that you think would fit in perfectly? Um, I mean, in an ideal world, I think a lot of Villa players, uh, Villa players, Villa fans, sorry, would quite like Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips. Um, obviously, Declan Rice, it's not going to happen. West Ham have have put the biggest dollar sign over his head, so I think it's going to be have to be a really big club to pull him away. Yeah. Um, Calvin Phillips seems more viable, more doable. It does depend on on Leeds getting relegated, which I don't think Villa fans would be mad about seeing happen. To be quite honest with you, um, <laughs> even though I do I do love Leeds, um, I think they are a really fun team to watch. Well, I guess Bielsa Ball was really fun to watch. Obviously, now you know in their transition phase with Marsh. Um, but I, I would really like to see Calvin Phillips at Aston Villa, if I'm honest. But do I think it's doable? It's going to be a very, very tricky one to see. So um, probably Calvin Phillips. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say no to that. Um, <laughs> yeah. really Please. Hope, I really hope he doesn't If leave. I ask nicely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really hoping he doesn't leave. I'm dying for him yeah, to sign a new contract. It's very dependent on if you stay up or not, isn't it? I think yeah. I think you stay up, there's the possibility if Marsh offers him, you know, a big ideology. But yeah. I think he must also know that there's a good chance that they're not contending for top 10. And Calvin Phillips will want to be going to, to the World Cup in, in the winter. Feels weird saying in the winter, but he'll be <laughs> want to go to Qatar. And, you know, I think that plays on a lot of players' minds of, surely I want to be playing for a top 10 team. You know, that's kind of part of the reason why Jack Grealish also left Aston Villa for Manchester City. So if Leeds doesn't feel like the right option for that, then maybe that helps with him moving elsewhere, such as Aston Villa. <laughs> I uh, feel like that would be moving sideways, but that's just my opinion. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I might have to leave the podcast. Oh, I'll see you guys I'm later. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologise. But uh, no, I think, yeah, I think you're right, to be honest. I think it's it's going to be... It's weird because he's said that he wants to stay and he wants mm-hmm. to sign a big contract, but it's same with Rafinha, actually. He's actually come out and said that he wouldn't be against staying as long as we can prove that we're going to uh, fully... We have him. <laughs> uh, no. We have him. Just keep Sorry, trading players. No no no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. He's open to staying as long as we can prove we're going to invest in the squad. But, yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. I yeah, think definitely. it's going to be difficult. But yeah, as you said, I think it'll be an interesting season next season. Um, I'm not overly sold on Gerard personally. Um, I, I think like Dean Smith, when he came to Aston Villa, I just think Gerard needs time. I think this, the defeat to Spurs and the gaps that allowed those big long balls was was highlighting that lack of a, a defensive-minded uh, like holding midfielder. Um because Douglas Louise isn't defensively minded, neither is Morgan Sanson. John McGinn's kind of a box-to-box, so also isn't as defensively minded. And then obviously Jacob Ramsey is kind of, when we have possession, almost changing it into a front four um, with how kind of attacking mindset, how much of attacking mindset he has. So I think that highlighted that. So I think even potentially just a CDM could be a huge game-changer for Villa. That's why so many Villa fans are excited at the return of Marvellous Nakamba, because when Gerard came in, he was... Nakamba was like a whole new player that was all of a sudden could have been easily worth like 80 million if he carried on the way he was going before he got injured. So um, I just think he needs that couple of uh, two or three key players. And, and I think it then is will, will well and truly be Gerard's team, the players that he wanted. And he's kind of already spoken about the leadership isn't, isn't quite in the right structure and the right format for him within the team. And that's going to be something that he looks to change. So I think the summer will be huge for him. And that's when he'll prove if he's good enough for the Premier League. Yeah, I think yep. I think the like when it comes to like the leadership issues, like I don't want to make the weirdest comparison it probably be, but I think it's very similar in terms of like Manchester United's leadership problems at the moment. Is you like you've got like Mings and McGinn sort of thing kind of like taking that role and like United have like Maguire and it's like when you've got someone like, you know, those players who maybe aren't performing as well on the pitch yeah and you're questioning should they even be on the pitch the fact that they are then the people meant to be leading the team i think mm-hmm. that then I, I think that then creates like a really hard dynamic to get right because you're just like well i can't drop my captain but they're my yeah. worst player so then that creates like it's almost 
you almost stagnate then because you just don't yep. know what to do. Yeah, I think, and I think that's what Dean Smith started to realize before he left because obviously he also dropped Mings briefly, um, and it was a surprise for a lot of Villa fans. But ultimately, it was a surprise because they didn't think Dean Smith would do it, not that they didn't agree with it, um, because he was playing badly. I remember each week I'd be like, "How is how is Dan James, who's like four foot two? Obviously, that's exaggerated, but <laughs> beating Tyro Mings to a header." Like yep. that shouldn't be happening, and and it and it drew them the game. So like, frustrating for that to be the case when that's your captain and like your main centre back. So I, you know, Gerard will have tough decisions to make over the summer, and and also it's going to depend again on on what kind of utilities and and finances uh, are given to Gerard. Yeah, I think a big thing is as well. Do you sign Coutinho? I think, I think if big. you'd have asked that, yeah, I think if you'd have asked that three, four weeks ago, the answer was 100%. Like, I can already see the contract being signed. <laughs> now, he's still got to prove that he's worth it. You know, it's a very large wage. Villa are trying to be proactive and savvy with their money, not as in be cheap and tight, but just make sure that the deals they're doing and the wages they're paying are beneficial and will be, you know, the right thing for the club in terms of the success they want to achieve. And after the last few games, I wouldn't say Coutinho is worth the what the three hundred fifty, four hundred to four hundred fifty thousand pounds a week that that his his contract would be. So it can also create that awkward dynamic of well, if he's getting paid that much, why can't I get paid an extra yeah. twenty thousand a week? And then if that's eleven to twelve, fifteen players asking for that, that's a lot of money just on yeah. wages. So. Villa have really got to be careful with how they manage that. And I'm not saying that as in I don't think they they can't because I think that's definitely on their mind. So it'll be interesting to see how they go about it. But as it stands, I don't think it's a it's a like said and done. Yes, he's going to join Villa in the summer. Yeah, that's going to be that'll be big. Um, yeah, I think Arsenal are interested as well in Coutinho. Arsenal are interested in every player <laughs> Villa's interested in. Yeah, like they just. They see us go for someone. I'm like, oh yeah, let's let's get interested in him. I'm sure he'll be. There, there's a reason that Villa are interested, and then they come in. Um, <laughs> I think they're still angry that we took Martinez, and he and he had a great first season for us, and he's continuing to still have a good season. He's obviously made a few errors. Not every keeper will have a perfect season every season. I mean, De Gea, for example, has had very wonky seasons over the last two or three. So, um, yeah, Arsenal just love to be involved when Aston Villa are involved. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be. An interesting uh, transfer window, though. Um, Extremely. I think uh, there's a few big ones. I think Coutinho's quite a big one. I think Salah's going to be a big one as well. Uh, Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, Rafinha. Are they going to be moving around? But no, it's going to be a going to be a good season next season. Let's hope the let's hope the World Cup doesn't sort of ruin it, sort yeah. of thing, because that's going to be a uh, weird actually watching the world cup in the winter but yeah extremely yeah but that's uh that's team talk done ragster do you want to say a couple of words on liverpool you know i'll let you i'll let you have a few words as well just because uh i'm nice mm -hmm. and morris isn't here okay i'll do this <laughs> in like a minute uh quadruple still on get in quadruple not gonna happen boo um <laughs> like <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, City are the better team. Like as much as I love uh Liverpool and I love our squad at the moment, City are just a better team. Do I think we could win something like the Champions League? Yes. Um, but do I see us win I can't see us winning the league. I think City are gonna go and win all seven games because that's what City do. They get very, very close and then they win all of their games and ruin everyone's hopes and dreams. That's what they do. <laughs> They're very good at it. Um, the FA Cup semi-final I think would be very interesting. I think if we win that, I then think the league is actually more on the cards. Ooh. I think if we lose it, I think that's when I think uh, doubts will start creeping in. Of like, If we beat City, it'll be like, okay, they are beatable. If they beat us, it'll be like, okay, they're just unstoppable. We're not going to win the league. And that's when doubts are going to come in. Uh, Salah, book your ideas up. Just sign the bloody contract, please. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, it's, it's, 
at Christmas, I was joking that it would last until the end of the season. It's now the end of the season. Please sign the contract. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not this is no longer as funny as it was a few months ago. Like, and the problem is, it's a very similar thing to what Holly said about Coutinho. If Salah signs his contract and gets the extra hundred thousand that he wants, right? What other players? Allison, uh, Mane. Firmino, Fabinho, Van Dyke, Trent, Robertson, all going to ask for the exact same thing because they are all valuable to the team. As valuable as yeah. Salah is, it, we take him out of the team. It's the same as taking Van Dyke, Trent, Robertson, Allison out of the team. It's the same impact. So yeah. they're going to ask for the same amount. And then rather than just spending a hundred, uh, an extra 100,000 a week, you're spending nearly a million <laughs> extra a week which is just ridiculous. You're spending then an extra what fifty two million a season, like Ouch. that. That changes everything. And Liverpool don't get money. We don't get it. We like our board very much. Like they came in, it wasn't a stable club. They've now made us a stable club, and now they're determined to keep us that way. And we're never going to change. And that's why we only get about fifty million a season, if that. You know, there's been some seasons where we get 25 because they're struggling for money a bit more. Like, and that's why we always will be a reasonably top team that's still a selling club somehow is because of that. We make stars, we don't buy stars. That's just kind of what we our philosophy is. Um, and it's like, if we're spending an extra £52 million on wages, what's that going to do with our transfer budget? It's going to negate it. That's literally what it's going to yeah. do. So... It's just, I feel like Salah needs to sign the contract, but if he doesn't, I think we just gotta let him go. I'm not like I'm not gonna lie. Like I think have it. it I think we'll do better without him than having him and him putting us down because of all the ba behind the scenes. And I d I don't think this is anything to do with Salah. Like in, as a person, he seems a lovely guy. I just think when money seems to matter more than playing for the club, that's going to create a mentality that our yeah. club don't actually like. Yeah. There's your quick whistle-stop tour of Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So Liverpool, good. Not so good. So that's it. In a nutshell, it's going well, but not so well. Yeah. Literally, right. it's like we could still win the quadruple, but we could also lose everything. Well, not everything. <laughs> we've got a We've got one. We've got one. You, yeah, so you can't lose that one. We can't lose that one. Um, but it unless it's much, in the wrong trophy it, cabinet, and then it's yeah. It just it very much relies on like our mentality for the rest of the season. Because yep. if if I and I all I do think it relies on that city game on Saturday as well, which mm. really really hurts and really makes me nervous. Okay. All I'm going to say is in a couple of games' time, you are going to be uh, supporting Leeds United, so welcome. <laughs> I'm relying on Gerard. I, I, I've got this in my head, right? I've got this in my Join head. Join the Villa, come on. We're both going <laughs> to win every single game until the end of the season. I think we're all going to win six, both teams. I think it's going to come to the final game of the season where Gerard is managing Villa and he's going to... I, I pray he takes that a would be That would be mental. That would be it, mental. It would be poetic that he couldn't win it as a player, but wins it for us as a manager. Would be one of the most poetic things ever, and I would love that. I that's more my heart than my head. But like, all that's Liverpool what I'm fans on to. have to, but also then become Aston Villa fans if that's the case, though. So, <laughs> if anything, the more the merrier. So I hope that happens. Honestly, half of us are already there. Like as soon as yeah, Jarvis, we were like Villa, Villa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me all the chance. Oh, dear. <laughs> Right, we'll move on to the last section, which is the best. I'm going to say the best, just because Morris isn't here. Because if, if Morris was here, he'd be having me. But I'm going to say the best. It's uh, Mulch's match day, and it is not taken from uh, a certain other Super 6 game. But, you know, whatever. Um, but so Mulch's match day is 10. We've got 10 games. And do you know what? This is the first one that we have actually included FA Cup games. So we've got the two FA Cup games. So we've got the 10 games this week. And you predict the score of each game. You get five points for a correct uh, score bang on. And then uh, two points for a correct result. 
then okay. minute of the first goal out of all ten. Um, so okay, so a minute of every for every no, game for or all just of them, the first one for all of them. them. Yeah. Okay, okay, so, and that's three points if you get that bang on, and a point if you're the closest. So we'll okay. all give this a go. But um, the winner gets this beautiful T-shirt, which you guys can't see, but I'm showing it to the camera right now. And for the oh audio God, listeners, it's so nice. Oh, <laughs> I'll wait to win it. <laughs> Confidence. Like it. Currently sat top of the league is FMFO on twenty points. Um, Mad Scientist last week, uh, two weeks ago, actually got eighteen points, so he's joint second with uh, Crazy Boom. Um, and then Baji unfortunately got ten points. Um, and Dupe finished on thirteen. So we've had a few decent scores this past few weeks. So no, no pressure. <laughs> Am I no longer on that leaderboard anymore? Uh, you currently are. Oh, thank God! But I've got, uh, I've got to keep that going. But uh, I think after we put dupe and uh, put dupe and mad scientist, they go above you, and you you're off the leaderboard. Okay. Sorry. Um, also, like you're off. You, anyway. Also, you've become a host, so technically you can't actually win. I know. But um, anyway, <laughs> get get straight into this. So the first game. On uh, Saturday, I believe. Uh, Spurs versus Brighton. That's tricky. But see, now, we used to do this for work, and I won it last season, and then I retired because I didn't want to risk losing my crown. So <laughs> if you retire, you keep it, is what I told That's myself. True, so yeah. you've just got to go with gut here. You've just got to go off the cuff. So I go 3-1 <laughs> Spurs. Like I'm copying now, but... <laughs> like that was my first mindset was three one Spurs, so I'm sticking with it. I'm gonna say three nil Spurs because I just think Brighton are a bit naff at the moment. Uh, Did you know that the two goals on the weekend were their first two goals from open play in like eleven hours of match time? Yes, yeah, that is awful. That is That's insane. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping they get one still, but it's really not great for them in the attacking sense. Nope, it's been like that for a few seasons now, though. I yeah, don't get it. Been low scoring, yeah. Um, but struggle strikers. Yeah, they need to need to buy a new. Uh, next game is Man United Norwich. Four 0 Norwich. No, I'm no, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. I'm kidding. Uh, you, uh, do you know what? I not I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not gonna lie. I love Dean Smith. Dean Smith masterclass. Yeah, he already beat Man United once this season, so he can do it again. I um, won't mention my opinion on Dean Smith. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, two 0 United. Yeah. Mm. I'm I'm gonna go with two one United. I've got a feeling Norwich are gonna score and make it the entire world panic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, f- I find this really difficult because Man United are really bad. It's just really bad. I'm gonna say one all. Oof. I think they'll get a point out of it, Norwich. After winning, beating Burnley at the weekend, that's a good result for them, and a good result for us. So, I'm happy. But no, uh, I think they'll get a point. Uh, Watford, Brentford, and that's at Watford. So, two-one Brentford. Mm. I'm going to go with three-nil Brentford here. I I think this is going to be a demolition job. I'm going to say, I'm going to say two-one Brentford as well. I think um, haven't Watford got the worst home form in the league? It is quite bad. Is this also classed as like the derby now? Because obviously they're both kind of yeah. similar side of London, so I feel like it should be quite a heated game. Yeah, but yeah, potentially, potentially, maybe. Yeah, well, let's see how that one. I mean, we beat them three 0 at home. Back to back three nils, Bragster. Uh. Next, <laughs> next up, <laughs> Southampton Arsenal. Oh, These are quite difficult. Southampton bounce back from a six nil loss oh, against Arsenal, who also lost. Oh, that's a tricky one. I'm gonna say one one. I was gonna go for one one as well. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say three one Arsenal. Oof. I think the funniest thing I saw this weekend was. Uh, Southampton trying not to get 9 0 again. 
they were four yeah. nil down and took a striker off and put a defender on. It's like, yep. <laughs> they, they always, again. Every season they've got to have one terrible result. They just can't. I don't know what it is. It's like it's in their heads. Though. It's like a ticking time bomb every season. It's like, when's it going to come? When's the big result <laughs> going to come against Southampton? There it is. Uh, oh, Newcastle Leicester. That's a uh, Newcastle won last beat Wolves, didn't they? So Villa got this weekend then, because I thought we had Leicester this weekend, so I was getting excited because I thought that was going to be a good game. Newcastle Leicester, I would say two one Leicester. I'm going the complete opposite. I'm going two one Newcastle. Ooh. And I'm going to go straight down the middle and go one each. Um, Diplomatic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I, I mean, actually, Villa are in this week. This week's. Uh, oh, so we yeah. must have Leicester. Yeah, you've got a yep. week off. Um, so that's how we have Leicester next. Got yep. it. West Ham versus Burnley. Three 0 West Ham. I really hope you're right. <laughs> I think it's gonna be two 0 West Ham. I hope you're right as well, and I hope I am. I'm gonna say two one. I'd actually like to change my answer because I know that Zoom is out of the the game midweek, and I'm gonna assume off of no knowledge whatsoever, but I'm gonna assume he's out for the weekend as well. So I'm gonna say one 0 West Ham instead. Ooh. And I think they'll panic a little bit defensively. I'm just hoping Burnley lose. Just don't make us panic. <laughs> next, we so uh, the next two games are actually the FA Cup game. So Man City versus Liverpool. I just, I just don't know where to start with that. No, no. Uh, what? Well, three, two, Liverpool. Oh, right. I'm. I think that's going to be the result at the end of extra time. I think it's going to be two-two again, and then go to extra time, and okay. not make it to penalties, and hopefully not make it to penalties. Do <laughs> again, okay. My heart can't take that. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I don't think anyone's could. Yeah, I, I've just realised it goes to extra time, so I'm just going to put it out there. It's 90 minutes in 90 minutes, or however, extra time. Uh, not extra time, but injury time. Uh, I'm going to say 1-0 Man City. I Awful take, that. What? <laughs> I predicted. So I predicted that Man City-Liverpool will either be goals galore or just nothing. I mean, you, I mean, you could be right because they'll both want to tighten up. Because I feel like the goals weren't too easy, but I, I felt like neither team had to do too much on the weekend. Yeah. So they'll both want to batten down the hatches a little bit. Yeah, I think it'll be I a still little think bit more boring. <laughs> I still think I think it'll be a still little think bit more boring. Be goals. <laughs> uh, and then the other game, which is Chelsea versus Palace. Three one no. Chelsea. No Conor Gallagher. Easy, yeah. Three one Chelsea. As long um, as Ru- Zaha doesn't get in Rudiger's head and get Rudiger sent off, and if I call this now, I want it clipped and put on Twitter because I'm a genius. But three uh, one Chelsea. Okay. Just to four nil. Four nil. Chelsea. Nil. Oof. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Palace. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> that is what surprised me. Just to to add to that, Chelsea are actually as recording right now. Uh, Chelsea one 0 up on Real Madrid. Oh, so that makes things very interesting. It's gonna be close, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm streaming as well. I've not picked the best night to stream because there's <laughs> Champions League games <laughs> on that will be very very exciting. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say two 0 Chelsea. This is a big game. I completely forgot about this. Liverpool versus Man U. So we're moving back to the oh. Premier League, but it's midweek. I think it's. It's next Tuesday, is that? Oh, there's no way Liverpool lose that. There's no way. No way. 3-1 Liverpool. 3-1 Liverpool. 3-1 Liverpool. There's no way. No. 
And Liverpool just know how to play against Man United. I just don't see a way that United are able to to outsmart them. It's a derby, realistically. Do Man United pick up the game for that? Just literally, no. just for that reason? No, no, three no. 0 Liverpool. I don't believe in it, but three 0 <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say you've said that with so much conviction. <laughs> so Man United are awful, but it's oh, I'm gonna say it. Two two. Oh, you are not my best friend. I'm gonna put my put my <laughs> neck on the line. I mean, I don't win out anyway, but. Yeah. Uh, and then the final game, Everton versus Leicester. So that's when- Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. So they play Sunday, Wednesday, and mm. then they play they play Villa next on Saturday, the yeah. uh, week on Saturday. So. Uh, I still think... Oh, t- ooh, that's a tricky one. Two on Leicester. I agree. Yeah, and, I, and I agree as Everton well. I'm sorry, but it's because I want Everton to lose. But then I also realise that by backing Leicester twice, that probably means that Villa won't overtake them in the league. So I'm really not helping myself in either <laughs> situation. But who won Leicester? Yeah, I think yeah, we've all got that. Uh, and then, to finish it all off, the minute of the first goal. can't remember what it was now. 12 minutes. Six. I nearly went two. I I thought, come on, don't don't do that. I, I, so I'm gonna go twelve. I'm gonna go two now. <laughs> <laughs> if it's two, can I can I still get the points, please? <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> but that is the roundup of uh, Mulch's match day and uh, this podcast. So thank you very much for joining us, Holly. Really, really appreciate it. Um, if you want to shout at any of content now, it a lot. We'll put it all in the description anyway. But if you want to shout it out now? Oh, I think my shout out is, is very simple because I only do Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Holly Plays with two eyes in Holly and two eyes in Plays. And then you can find me on Twitter. Oh gosh, what's my Twitter handle? I don't even know what my Twitter handle is. It's just Holly with two eyes underscore Percival, um, and you'll you'll know it's me. So that's it, really. Um, go check it out. Anybody who, for some reason, doesn't know who you are, um, it it surprised me if anybody listening or watching this didn't know who you are. But really appreciate you uh, you coming on. Um, anybody who is still listening, be sure to comment, like, subscribe, all that stuff. We always forget to do this. And if you're listening on audio, we always forget about you guys. Uh, make sure you actually rate the podcast on Spotify. I swear we're so close to actually being able to show us rain. I'm just dying for the moment when it actually actually shows it and I know it's going to come out at like a two but I don't care. Mm. Just show it. <laughs> but um, no. Uh, Bragster as well. Thank you very much for being my co-host today um, no and filling in for the skyver that is Morris. Um, I will now send this over for him to edit. <laughs> but um <laughs> No, we appreciate everyone who watches, listens, all that stuff. And, uh, thank you very much again, Holly, for, for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. See you all next week. Bye.